When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G is back. Thank goodness for everyone. And he is in San Francisco and will be playing all year. But we got other things to deal with here on Kay and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt Jones, Nick Friedel, we are filling in and we are very happy to have with us on the phone, Chris McKendry. She's ESPN's tennis host. I've been watching Chris. Chris do these tennis events for years I'm actually very excited to have her on and we're having her on of course because of the scene last night in New York with Serena Williams I mean everybody was there it was like you had Bill Clinton you had Oprah Winfrey Gail King Dr. Ruth Mike Tyson all the big stars are there and I wonder Chris if 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 there was a thought that that sort of reception occurred because people sort of thought, well, maybe she'll lose and we want to say goodbye. Is that the sense you got? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I'm actually standing here. I'm at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center just off the practice court, um, in fact. So squeezing this in, but happy to talk Serena. You know, everybody wants to see her play one more time. Um, last week was fan week at the U.S. Open, and the grounds are open. Everyone can come in, and people were packing her practices, you know, just to see her hit one more time, or perhaps it's just to say, I saw Serena Williams play. She has been so many things to so many people, and she's done so much, um, sport and society. Everyone just wanted a glimpse, and, you know, look, She's only won one match since she decided she was coming back at Wimbledon to give us all this, you know, opportunity to say goodbye and to say thank you. So who knows whether or not she was going to win last night, you know. And likewise, we expect tomorrow night to be equally as crowded because she's playing the number two seed in the tournament. And who knows if she's going to win that. But it's all gravy from here. Uh, She came into the tournament. Of course, she wants to get a win. And she got it. Um, But, yes, the crowd last night, the crowd throughout the day, the energy around the grounds throughout the day was unlike anything I've ever seen at a Grand Slam. And it was all due to Serena taking the court last night. Chris, you've covered her for so long. And she was asked directly after that match last night if she was actually done whenever she she bows out in yeah. this tournament. Do you feel like she'll actually be able to give it up and and not play anymore? Do you think she'll pop up? in the future at some point because of how much, not only she loves the game, but how much she means to it? Well, I, look, I think she was clear last night. If she, as she said, you know, she's been pretty direct. Um, would she stay in the game and continue playing? She addressed that in her Vogue magazine first person um, column. And, and I think she said something that a lot of women um, can understand she were Tom Brady, she could keep playing and she could grow a family and, and, you know, continue to do everything, but she can't, she's a woman and she would like to have uh, another child, um, Olympia, her, her daughter, who was practically, if not the show stealer, if not for her mom being so huge, Olympia stole the show last night and she wants to have, you know, she wants to be a big sister as Serena said. And, and that's something Serena and her husband obviously want as well. So, 
this idea of, of if she has a few good matches here, that'll be enough to keep her going. You know, she's addressed that. She will never not love tennis. This is not an easy move for her. She's not exhausted of the sport. She still loves it, and she would keep playing, except she loves her family more, and she loves the idea of growing her family, you know, more than tennis. Chris, I've been saying for a while that it's kind of special in the sense that we're seeing the end of of the careers of maybe the four best people to ever play the sport with Novak, Roger, Rafa, and Serena. But you have been at the U.S. Open. I, I've been, I've been there. I've covered it for. I covered it three years. And a night match at the U.S. Open for people listening all across the country who haven't been there. When it is electric, like it was last night, like it is for a big one for Roger or Rafa. What is to explain to people what it's like? Because I don't think there's anything else like it in tennis. I struggle for words. It's it's an energy. You know, it's it's all the intangibles you can imagine about a great sporting event, you know, wrapped up into one. I think part of the electricity is, is what comes from this sport is that it's mano a mano, right? Yes. I mean, there's something about seeing two people just absolutely slug it out um, that is different than a team sport. And, you know, right now I'm sitting here and I'm watching Layla Fernandez on practice court two. She played last night. She won. She's into the second round. Last year, Leila Fernandez, Emma Raducanu, two people no one knew outside of the tennis circles in the sports world last year at the U.S. Open until they started playing and started winning. Two unheralded teenagers. And yet night matches became must-see TV and attendance was through the roof and ratings were sky high when these two reached the final. So you don't have to have a long history behind you for people to get behind you. They invest in these players' stories quickly because it's just one person you need to know and understand. Um, And it's an event. You know, New York is a huge city. Um, There's a lot of things happening in New York. There's major Broadway shows. There's other sporting events. I mean, the Mets play across the parking lot from the U.S. Open about eight nights of this tournament running. And yet, when the U.S. Open plays, it is the biggest show in town and it happens to be a sporting event chris to follow up on that you told us how awesome the atmosphere was last night as serena yes, got incredible prepared and 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 won the match if she's able to win tomorrow what do you think oh that atmosphere will be like moving forward at the tennis center Oh, my gosh. I mean, I laugh even thinking of the idea because it makes me so happy. Um, you know, the great writer Howard Bryant you know, for ESPN is here, and he joined us on set yesterday, and he's like, now should she make a run? And I just said to him, from your lips to God's ears, right? <laughs> Please, that would be something else. If she upsets the number two seat here, Annette Contabit, who is not very experienced. She's an Estonian player who – Actually, in her press conference last night, was giddy at the idea of playing Serena. She's like, I'm so excited I get to play Serena. Thinking to myself, all right, Serena just walked out of the gate up three love on you. You know, you're so excited to even be on the court with Serena. And the crowd's going to be unlike anything in that Contabee's ever experienced. So, you know, favor Serena there. But if she were to upset the number two seed, the section of the draw she's in was the best section she could have possibly fallen into. And I'm telling you, it is game on, and that would be unbelievable. I'm flashing back to, you know, Jimmy Connors, 1991. Tell me I got to go, but I can't have you on without asking you one question. Since (laughs) the best to ever do it 
is about what? to finish up. Give me your favorite Serena moment of her career. My favorite Serena moment, um, gosh, there are so many. How do we pick one? Um, I still, you know, to me, 2017, and she won the Australian Open, and she met Venus in the championship, which, come on, at both of their ages, to have them in a championship one more time. So they both make it to the Grand Slam championship. She beats her sister uh, for the title, and then we find out she was pregnant. I mean, you know, you, you can't make this stuff up. And, you know, also one more thing I'll leave you with, because um, I find it so poetic between the sisters. They are playing doubles here. Yes. And Serena's playing singles tomorrow night at 7 Eastern ESPN. I would not be shocked to see the sisters doubles match Thursday night in primetime. So should she lose tomorrow night, her final professional match will be with her sister by her side. I mean, this is too much, guys. Too much. Too good. That's exactly right. Well, speaking of that, unfortunately, Venus lost in single six one seven six in her first round match, but that we'll be playing true. doubles with Serena. Chris, this was a pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, guys. There you go, Chris McKendry, legend of the broadcasting uh, world. I, I didn't think about the fact they might put those doubles matches in prime time. Come on, how good is that, Nick? And, and Matt, I I gotta tell you, I I just had a full circle moment myself because. One of the first times I ever went on SportsCenter was with Chris McKendry on my phone. Derek Rose had unfortunately just gotten hurt again. And I was like behind a bathroom door in a in some hotel in Manhattan Beach. And I'm talking to Kim, Chris McKendry and I'm like, is this really happening? Am I on SportsCenter right now? I mean, right I now? don't know her at all. I'm, I'm like, what is going on? And... To be able to to be on the show with you today and to have these moments where we're talking to Chris about Serena Williams' career ending, that it, it's pretty cool for me. Yeah, I don't know her at all, but I have to say, I've always felt like she seems like the most pleasant person. Like mm-hmm. she always, like when I think of her, she's like in my head smiling, which is. If we only if we all could be re- thought of like that, I will not be thought of like that. Although I do smile quite a bit. Someone who is yet to smile, at least about his contract, is Lamar Jackson. He's making waves on Twitter, even without a new deal. Is he going to get one done in the next nine days before the season starts? We'll let you know. Well, actually, we won't let you know, but we'll guess next here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. (laughs) Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt Jones, Nick Friedle. Shout out to Ryan Matlack on vacation today. Hope he's enjoying it. Lamar Jackson is in using his time getting ready for the season to make waves on Twitter. That's right. He is doing the Kevin Durant thing where you respond to people on Twitter. Now, I can't say a lot about this, Nick, because I respond to people on Twitter. I don't want to, but then they get all smart and they think they're so cool and I can't help it. I feel like I got to let this person know. Now, granted, I'm not Lamar Jackson, but but I know what it's like to want to clap back at somebody on Twitter. But I want to read you some of what Lamar's doing. And you tell me what you think about this. A guy on Twitter, I'm not even going to give his handle, probably is a name with a bunch of numbers, says, so Lamar is a league MVP and he still hasn't broken the bank. At Ravens, you're on the hot seat. Give that man $250 million guaranteed before you write a check your ass can't cash. Wow. So then another person on Twitter responds and says he want more. They already offered that. And Lamar jumps in and says, no, they didn't. So we get a little factual information here, Nick. Like, no, they haven't offered $250 million guaranteed. Maybe a sign that if they did, Lamar would take the check. That is absolutely what he's doing. (laughs) He's using Twitter to, to his advantage in this case. Now, Matt, before we go any further, can I make a public service announcement to everybody? And I guess you'd be included in that group. Do not respond. Yeah, you could say that. That's easy. Do and not I respond. This, I say this with love to you because you are like everybody loves you. You're like oh. the NBA. You're the oh, NBA. That is not true. Yeah, but you but you're a news reporter. Like you don't you don't get on there and make waves. I'm a I'm a wave maker. Like I come on there and I like throw a little splash in and, and the ripples go. It's different. Like people come at me very personally. And I think they do that to these athletes. And it's easy to say don't do it. But if you live it, sometimes you want to go at them. Let me give you an example. This is an example of something Lamar did. I could see myself doing this. Somebody else on Twitter wrote, as much as I love Lamar, a fully guaranteed deal is just bad business. Just because a horrible franchise, the Cleveland Browns, did horrible business giving Watson that contract doesn't mean other teams should follow. Hopefully, I'm I'm hoping Lamar gets – uh, honestly, I'm hoping Lamar gets a 10-year, half-a-billion deal. And Lamar responded, you don't love Lamar. Which, by the way, I love that response. It's like, you don't love – you say you love Lamar, but you don't love Lamar. But I can get why he does this. He's sitting at home. He doesn't have an agent. He's trying to figure out how to – because, you know, if he had an agent, his agent would be out there making public statements, making him look good. So Lamar just says, I'm going to go on Twitter and say, you don't love Lamar. I get it. That is a T-shirt that is waiting to happen. <laughs> that is true. That's a good T-shirt. First of all, secondly, you haven't lived until you've been called a clown on Twitter by D'Angelo Russell. Uh, well, so, that's true. <laughs> so that that has occurred to me in life after saying that I didn't think Carl Anthony Towns was the number one star that everybody made him out to be in Minnesota, and I didn't think they were going to win anything. 
with that combination, and I wake up. And he up, called you a clown? I, well, I wake up to you a clown, tweet okay. number one, and then you are a clown in tweet number two. <laughs> Not worth responding. So do I get it Well, you all? can't win in that one. You can't win. <laughs> but, you... but do I do I have all the, the, the different people calling me all kinds of names all day long? It happens. It doesn't sound like I get it as much as you do. But what I would say is, to Lamar Jackson, to you, I tell my girl Sarah Spain this all the time. The first thing I do when anybody responds is click on the person who caused the response that they're responding to. And usually, it's not worth it. It's never worth it to go down that rabbit hole. In See, I would case, disagree. I think it's always worth but it Matt, because they need case, to know they're wrong. I, <laughs> but in this case with Lamar Jackson, he is obviously using Twitter for exactly what you said he was, which is I need to get part of my story out there. And in this case, what we know for sure is the $250 million guarantee isn't there. So I see it in this case, but as a general rule, as best you can. So you're telling me, wait a minute. Listen, again, I don't know you very well, but you look like a guy who, you know, things go a certain way, you'll get in the mix a little bit. Are you telling me you have never clapped back at fools on Twitter? And if so, I'm telling you, you're missing some fun in life. I'm telling you that it's been about seven or eight years since I even responded because I never felt the response was worth it. Because, again, the first thing I'm doing is clicking on what caused this person, whomever they may be, to respond that way, and in my head, wait a are you doing? Wait a minute, hang on. You're doing like a psychological profile, like asking what happened in their childhood. No, 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 no. I want to see the tweet that caused it. And in my head, all I keep thinking is, I'm not giving that person the satisfaction of giving them the spotlight that some tweet that I sent and they responded to could potentially give them down the line. So, I understand, but not everybody's as big a star as you. And some of us have to some of us have to respond to let these fools know that they are fools. Now I will say, I think Kevin Durant goes too far when he creates the burner accounts and starts spying on like like he's that's a little much. But I am with Lamar. You know, Lamar went to Louisville. So on paper I shouldn't be happy. I shouldn't be a Lamar guy. He's a Louisville guy. I'm a Kentucky guy. That's too much hatred. But I've always, I've always, as the kids would say, stand for Lamar because I have always thought people have assumed negatively about him first, and then they make their decision. There's always a presumption of negativity. So if I'm Lamar and I always get a presumption of negativity and people are out there throwing around that I've been offered $250 million, if I haven't, Nick, I want to tell people that. Especially when you're sitting there by yourself and you don't have that agent mouthpiece as that representative. In that regard, it makes sense. Also, Matt, the kids say stand for Lamar. Not That's st- what I said, stand. Oh, you just you couldn't I, understand because I have a twang. And so it sounded like I said got stand. Me. I thought there was a D on the end there. So, all right, you're right on track there with the stand. But yes, as, far, as far as Lamar goes, the reason he's doing this is because he doesn't have that extra aspect of having the agents backing. Now, I, Lamar can tweet and respond to whoever he wants so long as he doesn't have to give that cut to the non-existent agent, whenever this deal goes down. But, Matt, what this whole experience shows me is that 
if the contract doesn't happen, and Lamar said he's not negotiating the season, how much of a distraction is it going to be if they don't get this thing wrapped up and he's sitting on his phone after some of these games seeing the whole world say how much Lamar is is terrible and he's looking and he's going to go, ah, do I want to respond to this person or that person? And will that seep in at all to his play potentially down the line on the field? Yeah. Nick Friedel sitting there thinking he can relate to the kids more than me. Come on. Like, <laughs> like I don't know what it is to stand. See, that's Come why on. I stay out of the response game on Twitter. Maybe you should. Right if, you, if you can't do better than that, maybe you should. <laughs> News from Canteen Carlin Nation happens if you hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, or the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, just like the guys did to Lamar Jackson. You can respond to us. And maybe you'll get Nick worked up enough that he will clap back at you. But he's not just a Twitter denier. He's also an NBA expert. So I'm going to give him the most burning questions in the NBA, and he's going to answer them. That's next here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Nick Friedle, 888-SAY-ESPN. So listen, just I like to give the listeners a little behind the scenes when you do shows here on ESPN, you know, they always try to hit understandably the hot topics of the day. So the hot topics today, of course, were Jimmy G RJ Barrett. So you could do the whole show with Jimmy G and RJ Barrett because not everybody sits and listens to all four hours, although you should because Canty and Carlin are that good. But if you don't, the way you come in, you get a little Jimmy G, you get a little RJ Barrett, you go, RJ Barrett, you go back, you know, through your day. But I like to vary it a little bit because we're sitting here talking. we got to stay interesting. So we've got Nick Friedel, and he's an NBA expert. I mean, they call him the Woj of uh, of Syracuse alumni. <laughs> hey, definitely don't call me that, Mr. Jones. <laughs> so I'm going to give you my burning questions in the NBA, and you're going to give me your answer. Let's start with this. Will the Brooklyn Nets, after all of this tumultuous summer, are they going to be good next year? How do we want to define good? Because Let's say, are they going to contend for the East? No. No. I don't even think they're a top three seed right now. I have never been around, and I've been doing this now about 15 years, a more miserable team at the end of last season. Matt, count me in what feels to be a, a large group that is growing by the day that believes that they're not going to be able to turn everything around now and 
win at a level where you think they can legitimately win a title. If you have healthy Kevin Durant and you have committed to the team Kyrie Irving and who the hell knows what's going to happen with Ben Simmons, but if he plays at near the level he was at when we last saw him in Philly, that is a group that has a ton of talent up top. The Joe Harris addition back into the lineup after the ankle surgery, that's going to be big with Seth Curry. They've got some players, but I don't buy that a team that lacks chemistry can win at but the could highest they make level. Chemistry. I mean, like, I mean, okay. Let me. I'm going to try to give the spin that would be the best spin. That really was a James Harden thing. Plus, Kyrie Irving, all the vaccine stuff got in his head. He never really got in the groove. Durant, who knew what he wanted. They've all come together. They've realized they don't have anywhere to go. This is their last chance. And getting those two shooters, that'll make a difference any way that that's possible. It's possible. I don't think it's likely. Okay, fair enough. Zion Williams. It's easy to forget that that guy for a while looked like one of the best exciting rookies of of the last 20 years. Do we get a full year of good, exciting, and top-level Zion Williams? No, I don't believe so because it's also not easy to forget, Matt, in that case, what Zion looked like throughout most of last season when he was injured and he wasn't in good shape at all. I would be very concerned if I were New Orleans that through the course of six months in an 82-game season, he'll be able to maintain that level on the floor and stay in the kind of shape that you need to play night after night big minutes and produce. So I hope that I am wrong. Because like a lot of basketball fans, I enjoy watching Zion play. He is awesome when he is out there. But because of the injury and because of the weight issues, I have a lot of trepidation as to whether or not he can maintain it for a full season. You know how you'll watch like late at night infomercials and they'll show before and after like weight loss supplement pictures? I feel like every time I see Zion Williamson, he's either a before or an after, and I never and it changes day by day. Like I've never seen a person, and I don't know if it's I'm, I'm honestly, I don't know if it's angles or it's like he always looks amazingly different every time I see him. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. It's been one of the biggest talking points in the league the last year, and Matt. He's either in great shape or he's in uh, really rough shape, given especially where we saw him at Duke. So, to me, that is answering this question perfectly, the way you just outlined it. Because if Zion, if you told me that Zion could keep the weight off and manage to get through the season without having the type of injury that lingers for a lot of different players, then okay, sure, I can buy not only Zion still being – Uh, a top-level player, but the Pelicans really making a move in the West. I just don't have that belief because of what's transpired in the last year and a half or so. Yeah, I would hate that he – I'd hate to think that the best memories of him are going to be the ones at Duke. I hope that's not the case. The Lakers, is there any reason to believe that they might be better than they were (laughs) last year at least? Uh, can they make the playoffs if everybody's healthy? Yeah, I, okay, I, I'll go there. But this hilarity to me that the Lakers are going to go from 
not even in the play-in to, oh, let's rise right back to the top of the West. No, 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 no. But if you're a Laker fan and you want to talk about a group, you were saying you think a lot of people on Twitter like me. I'll tell you one group that really doesn't, and it's Lakers fans, because I dared to doubt them heading into that 2020 season where they won in the bubble. Matt, if you believe in the Lakers, forget everything else. It's on Anthony Davis playing at the type of high level every night that he's capable of but hasn't shown to be able to accomplish. If you buy them and you buy Davis as that guy, then, yeah, you could say that they could make a little move up the charts there. Give me the team every year there's one that is significantly better next year than they have been the year before. It have to be, for me, Denver. Now, I say that. But that's injury. Those guys have been good. I mean somebody sort of off the radar a little bit. I mean, if Jamal Murray was healthy, they'd have been good last year. Well, would you put Portland in that? No, that's a good one. Why Portland? Because I think that Damian Lillard, especially with this new deal, has the motivation of a guy who wants to show the rest of the league that he can carry his team throughout the season. And not only does he have that new deal, but, Matt, he's healthy again. Lillard was not healthy throughout much of last year. I like Chauncey Billups' fit up there. I'm not saying that Portland is going to win a title or even contend at the top of the West. I think they are going to be much better, though, and I like the pieces that they have in place. The problem for the Blazers is when you when you have Lillard, you have a hell of a player. You just don't have that secondary guy. C.J. McCollum, to me, is a really strong player. He was never the second guy. We talked about it throughout the day with the Knicks. When you don't have that second guy, you don't have a legit chance to get to the top of the NBA. I'm going to watch Portland just so I can see Shaden Sharp play since he never played once when he was here in Kentucky, and he's like the most mysterious player I've ever seen in my life. Great stuff. Nick Friedle showing you why he is known as the woes of the Syracuse Alumni Association. It is time to give you the stories in the NFL that you might have missed. It'll be three and out next here on Canny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The 1-1. High drive. Left center. Trout back. Walking up. See ya, number 50. Judge connects for his 50th home run of the year and his 4-3 Angels. It's kind of crazy that Aaron Judge hits his 50th home run and has been historically good hitting home runs, and yet the Yankees since the All-Star game have been not good. Their lead in the AL East down to seven games against with Tampa Bay, but he is 50th last night, 33 games to go. He needs 12 more to beat Roger Maris for the AL record. Do you believe that he will hit the AL the AL record, get 12 more in 33 games, and pass the historic Roger Maris number? I actually do, Matt, but the whole scene last night made me a little sad because I grew up 
In the summer of 98, I would have been 14, 15 years old. I'm a diehard Cubs fan. I love Sammy Sosa, and I remember how much joy everybody felt when Sammy and McGuire was hitting another one. And you knew how many they had and what it would take to get to that next point. And I feel like outside of New York, I know the Yankees have had a really nice year, and Judge has been awesome. But once you start getting outside of the city, there just isn't that much juice on this type of record. But why right would now. there be? It's not the record anymore. I mean, but that's the problem. Well, okay, but to your to your point, I I attended. I was in Wrigley for the one game where Sosa took the lead on McGuire, okay. and then if you remember, McGuire took it back yeah. later in the game. Oh, yeah. I was at that game. It was like, the, and it was it was one of the best sporting events I've ever been to. But, of course, it's not going to be the same. What's interesting, though, is that it's not the same even though it's in New York. Because if you, if, you, if you believe people in New York, the only thing that matters is what happens in New York. And I actually do think it's fascinating that this amazing story is happening in New York. And you're right. No one cares outside of New York. That is a strange phenomenon, don't you think? Well, all you need to know is I'm walking down the street last night on top of Serena's final match. And they're keeping a lot of the TVs on the tennis and not – Switching to the Yankee game that was coming on uh, a little bit later on the West Coast. So uh, there are a lot of different layers here, but I think the problem to me is the number isn't what it used to be and never will. Yeah. And the Yankees are 9-17 and 17 in August, which is crazy for a team that was on an amazing pace. You got to wonder if they're actually going to be able to make the run that, they th- that, uh, that their fans thought. 9-17 and 17 in August. But – I don't think he hits it. I think he'll stop at like 59 or something like that. We'll see. If he gets 62, it would be kind of cool. It is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. What is this? Who sings, who sings this? I was going to say, did they play this for you? Is this is, – what is, what is this song? This feels like something where – It's Ice would, Cube. Is it really? Yeah. Huh. It was a good day. This is not it was a good day. It was a day. good day. That's not what this is. Well, then this is very much mislabeled in our system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, just a second. Yes. How, hang on, just a How old are you? Seriously. Like, 26. Like, 26. <laughs> you j- it was a good day has one of the most iconic <laughs> beats of all time. You thought this was it, it was a good, a good day? <laughs> no, you're right on that. I, I'm listening to this, and I'm like, I don't know. It's like, not a good day anymore. Not it's for not Chris. a good day. Right. It's not a, not good, a good day. day for Chris McLean. See, this is when I feel old, is that the, it was a good day, which I – Freddie Coleman just walked by the studio shaking his damn <laughs> That's right, Freddie. That's right. <laughs> shaking his head, Chris. <laughs> I mean, genuinely, like, you people can make me feel so old. It was a good day. You're treating as if I'm talking about What's Frank this Sinatra. Song? Yeah. There what we could go. this be? Yeah, there we go. Is this What's that labeled under? Is, it was a bad this. day. Is this Strawberry Fields Forever? I mean, that's what yeah, it sounds like. Wow. Well done. That. That's an old song, Matt. Unbelievable. Spot on there. Well done. Thanks to Chris Carlin. <laughs> it was a good day. <laughs> Thanks to Chris Carlin. Listen, man, I ain't label it. Yeah. Well, you also didn't you know it. it. <laughs> you listened to it before. Either. I know. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if all of a sudden they Sometimes play Sometimes I'm start, rushing a little bit here. If all of a sudden they play, like, <laughs> let it be, I'm not going to go, is this the Gin Blossoms? Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have some Oh, uh, yeah, the right artist. Come on. Chris Carlin, Tim Kawakami, <laughs> Diana Rossini, Chris McKendry, and Vernon Davis, who was sponsored by Smirnoff. Thank you to him 
for all of them for joining us today. It is now time after that ridiculous intro to get three and out. Cam, give us the latest news from the NFL. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. All right, so not a good day uh, for Kansas City Chiefs rookie wide receiver Sky Moore, although it got a little bit better. Uh, Rookie pranks abound in the NFL. So a group of veteran players, including Marquez Valdez-Scantling, new wide receiver for the Chiefs, came over from the Packers, organized a dinner this past weekend at a KC restaurant for the team's wide receivers and arranged beforehand for the restaurant to have a phony bill totaling $22,000, $18,000 for food and $2,000 for wine to be delivered to Sky Moore. The second round draft pick at the end of the night, yada yada. Matt, how do you feel about a, a rookie prank like that, and that has been going on for so long Sky, in, in leagues? Sky Moore deserved it because if he had ever been out to eat in his life, he would know you don't just get a bill that says this is eighteen thousand dollars even, right? Like, I mean, it's gonna, it's not gonna be even eighteen thousand dollars. No, twenty two seven thirty was the final bill, well, the so it wasn't I exactly saw, eighteen. What I, well, that was after he put in his tip that ah. they did. I, <laughs> I should have, I, I would have suspected it. I like Sky Moore, I especially like the fact he has two Y's at the end of his name, but he deserves it. I love rookie pranks. They I thought you had said he had two wives. He may, I don't know, but he has two whys, and I actually enjoy the fact that they do rookie pranks. Keep them up. The stunning part to me here, guys, is that there was only $2,000 in wine. Like, I thought that part would be skyrocketing off that bill if you're going to really prank somebody and throw them, but those pranks are never going to leave. It's part of the hazing process, and if you handle that the right way, you will indoctrinate yourself very you quickly. You remember on Hard Knocks when the Ravens would, like, duct tape the guy to the goalpost? Oh, yeah. Those were the ones I liked. Well, I actually think That ain't happening in 2022. Probably not, but it was funny, to be honest with you. That was the, 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 those days of, uh, of, of, Sh- of Shan- Shannon Sharp and Tony Saragusa, rest in peace. Who's next? Uh, two wives for Sky Moore. He is 21 years old, though, so I don't think he has two wives, although you never know. Anyway, uh, New York Jets, Sauce Gardner, fourth overall pick from Cincinnati, his birthday tomorrow, so happy birthday to him. Uh, New York Jets, Sauce Gardner calls himself a different rookie, and he plans to, quote, dominate. Nick, do you think Sauce Gardner will dominate? I think he's got the right mindset, but no, I don't think he's going to dominate because it's so rare that any rookie – comes into this platform and on this stage and can do it week after week after week. But when you're that high of a pick and you're running really well coming out of training camp, then more power to him for saying publicly the way he feels. Slow down, Sauce. I mean, come on. Don't say you're a different kind of rookie. Don't you play a game first and then say something. I, I like people talking trash, but when you say you're a different kind of rookie, the rest of the people on the team will probably shake their head and go, dude, calm down. We've all been rookies. Play one game, Sauce, and then you can tell me how you're different than everybody else. That was the only part of it. I, know. I love the confidence, but, you know, just – Matt, would you say that he is lost in the sauce of his own confidence? I I think what I would say is you need to have better joke writers if you're going to come up with these lines throughout Uh, the thing. I I wrote that myself. It was (laughs) bad. Uh, He said, everything comes natural. I don't think I'm going to run into the quote-unquote rookie wall. I think I'll just be able to go out there and dominate 
whoever lines up in front of me. All right, last one, Carolina Panthers edge rusher Brian Burns. He's setting his alarm at 5 a.m. and then repeatedly at five-minute increments every day in training camp to make sure he's up before 6 a.m. because he's had sleep issues in the past. And uh, he's hoping to define his sleep habits and take his game to the next level. The next line in this uh, article makes me laugh very hard. Experts weren't surprised. Matt, are you surprised that getting better sleep would lead to more productive play from Byron Burns? I'm not Burns? surprised that experts would get to better sleep, but dude, just get up. Like the, you're doing it, it's I, hard for him. He's yeah, struggling. You with know what? It. I once dated a girl that did that, and like every five minutes, the alarm. I, by the end of it, I was like, this relationship is over. So you got to just get up. The five minutes every time is ridiculous. Never. Never a good sign when you're setting 10 different alarms. Just yes. try as hard as you can. Apparently he was up. waking up at noon over the offseason, oh, so he's no. trying to get back into uh, playing just, shape. Come on, Yikes. man. <laughs> just, you, at 10 different alarms. That's like, I'm having flashbacks of that past relationship. It wasn't the most greatest finish by our I can't two believe in the it didn't last. Room. But, Nick, I had fun with you. Had Thank blast, you all buddy. very much. Prime time or something is next.